Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Kevan is a solo black metal project driven by Jacob Bjornfoot out of Kalix, Norbotten, Sweden. Currently signed to Black Lion Records, Kevan has released two full-length albums, the latest being The Great Below on March 25th, 2022. Both albums have had overwhelmingly positive reception and have featured a number of great musicians from bands such as Dissection, Necrophobic, Arch Enemy, Ventral, and Merciful Fate, among a few others. Jacob, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. This is all about you and your band. So first I want to dig into a little bit of your history and then what drove you to pursue music and Kavan more specifically. Who were some of the first metal bands you enjoyed and why? Um, I was... Yeah, the, the first metal band I ever got into was Iron Maiden, like a lot of other kids growing up in the early 90s. Uh, it was through my older brother who was, uh, he was into like, you know, the classic stuff like Maiden, Judas Priest. And uh, that's how I found my way into the world of heavy metal and uh, yeah, hard rock in general and guitar driven music. And I think that that lit a bit of a fire inside of me but i i also saw um you know, uh, europe's when they did um you know the final countdown they they aired it on tv and i saw that music video and i thought it was great and uh also kiss i remember kiss released psycho circus and the the uh music video for that song was on tv all the time so i rem remember that i figured out how to record with my VHS <laughs> and I recorded that video also and watched it over and over and I thought it was really cool. So I guess those were my, yeah, that was like the, the ones that lit the spark basically. And what was it about those bands that lit spark for you? Um, I think it was that it was something that I had never seen before. It was a bit dangerous maybe. Uh, I, I didn't really understand too much of it but they were you know there was fire and there was uh, it was loud really loud and i think that's what's kind of like made me go oh shit that's cool i want to do that um, and yeah. then obviously you went from from that into more extreme metal so how did that come about yeah i, I got into extreme metal way later um, um I, I i started out you know listening to the like I have a very like uh, blues, uh, blues rock background, uh, stuff like you know Lou Reed and uh, John Lee Hooker and all that stuff. Uh, Credence, um, that was the stuff that I grew up with. And then um, once I got maybe a little bit older, you know, I started hearing all these hard rock bands as I mentioned. And when I was in junior high, uh, can't remember if I, I was maybe. 13 i don't know if i was even 13 but then i heard uh about bathory through uh i don't know how i came came in touch with them but but i heard them and that was it basically uh you know that that was it was so messed up it was something that i have i'd never heard before or even you know i didn't didn't think it was possible to be that extreme uh but it yeah, it was like it was like my it was a total game changer hearing under the sign of the black mark for the first time, and I rem remember which song it was, and it it was Char Chariots of Fire. It was like you know, blew me away. I've been a fan of extreme metal, I think, ever since. Seems like kind of the stereotypical rabbit hole for most of us. We we start to see things a little bit heavier, and then I don't know. It's a never-ending rabbit hole for me, at least. Yeah, for me, I I think the whole level of extremeness kind of I don't it's kind of stopped there. It, there are bands who are faster, and there are bands who you know they they can do all this crazy vocal stuff. But but the modern stuff that people are into doesn't give me anything. It's it's like ah, yeah, it's impressive for five seconds, and then I. You know, I turn it off and I put on my old classics instead. It, it just doesn't give me anything. I'm not, I'm not really into this whole modern scene at all. Almost, I, I don't think I even listen to any of these modern bands. It's, it's, it's not for me. Basically. I've heard that a few times. Um, do you think part of the reason for that is just because we are so used to seeing such stream music or, or listening to it? I guess that the stuff that comes out now isn't as impactful. I'm not sure what it is, but I. I think one of the reasons is that it's it's not dangerous anymore. Like no no one is no no one really 
no one wants to be rock and roll. Everyone wants to sound like it, but no one wants to be it. And I think that's a bit of a shame <laughs> because like all, all these bands that you grew up with, they were wild, they were crazy, they were dangerous, but now it's everything is safe and it, I think it makes things boring. I, I, when I put on Wasp, for example, when I put on their first album and I look at the background cover, I, I see this is what I want. This is my rock and roll. And mm. then you go and listen to all these new death metal bands and nothing, there's, there's nothing dangerous about them really anymore. It's, there's no rock and roll in it. There's just a bunch of fast music, but no real, you know, there, there's no, I, I don't feel the soul anymore. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's just me being, you know, grumpy. <laughs> I don't know. And so for yeah. you, it, it's more or less uh, what you see now is kind of like a stage persona instead of like legitimately, like you said, being dangerous, being chaotic. Something like that, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'm glad that you brought up Blue Reed because I had a question about him. I read in a previous interview that you were a fan of him and I haven't really followed his music, but the first experience that I did have was with Metallica and Lou Reed's Lulu. Mm -hmm. For somebody who is a fan of Lou Reed, how do you feel about that album? And is there any comparison that can be made with his other music? Uh, when I first heard that album, I was like, okay, like, I, I don't understand the point. But, you know, I, I, who am I to judge? I mean, they did whatever they felt was right at the moment, I, I assume. And I, I, I think that that album is terrible. But at the same time, it, they did something they wanted to do. And no, I don't think that's a good starting point to get into Lou Reed, for example. Um, I, I, no, no, I, I can't really say that his other stuff is relatable to Lulu. <laughs> that's okay. uh, that's no, no. What would be a good jumping off point if I wanted to start listening? Well, I would start with, you know, the really early stuff. I wouldn't probably even go with the Lou Reed as a solo artist. I would actually go with with um with the Velvet Underground. And okay, for me, I started. Uh, actually with the live album uh, that's how I sort of got into it so there's a live album um, from the early back in the early days I think it's 60 what is this from 69 uh, that's really really good um, yeah 69 okay that, that album is just in, incredible so I will start with Velvet Underground and just check the hits first and then get on with it you know Sounds there's, good. I'll definitely do that. Yeah, do it. There's a live version of a song called Heroin that's just freaking amazing. So Sweet Jane. Many, many great songs. Awesome. If I remember correctly, it was the guitar that you picked up first. Uh, so when was this and how did you begin to learn? Yeah, I picked up the guitar um, for the first time when I was, let's see, I was probably around 12 when I got my first lessons. But then I uh, I stopped, actually, because it was I got bored of it, basically. And uh, then I quit uh, for, actually, almost a couple of years. I mean, I learned all the basic chords, and and then I, then I found an interest again when I was, like, 14. I was about to turn 15, and uh, I practiced a lot, like, a lot. And then I uh, realized that, wow, this is actually, this was a bit easier now than I thought it would be. Like, because when I, I was so struggling so much back when I started, and when I just put the guitar aside, and I was like, ah, I, I don't even want to see the thing anymore. <laughs> and then I picked it up a few years later, and everything made total sense compared to, uh, you know, when I first started back, you know, when I was 12. Uh, and I just realized, hey, this is, this is fun. And, yeah, I, th I think I think I might give it a shot, and then I just never put it down after that. Just it has been with me ever since. <laughs> was it difficult to find a guitar teacher uh, living in kind of a, re a remote area? Uh, yeah, well, I never really had. I had a teacher when I was in my my like last years in high school. I had a, t a really good teacher, but I've been self-taught like most most of the years that I've been playing. Um, mm. 
just been watching or trying to figure out stuff by ear or you know through friends also like hey did you do you know how to play that or do you figure that out and sometimes i learn stuff that they learn through me and we like ex, you know created licks and whatnot um but no not really we we've had a lot of great teachers up here uh, really good ones uh so no but but as i said also i'm i'm self-taught most most like throughout most of my most of my stuff that i've learned is self-taught okay and how long after beginning your guitar journey did you decide that you wanted to pursue music more intently? Um, I think it was after I graduated high school. I, I realized that I either have to get a job <laughs> or apply <laughs> for schools. And I was like, yeah. ah. ah, I was like, ah, I need to do something. And I was like, well, guitar is, I think I might have something going on here. And it, I thought it would be stupid to throw it away. And, you know, might as well just go ahead and play you know keep on playing maybe so i applied to some schools and i got into one that i really wanted to get into and so i stayed there for two years and then i uh i moved to finland and i yeah applied to a school there as a audio engineer got in stayed for a year and then i got back and after that i uh i've been you know just writing songs and stuff ever since so some of the first riffs that I did for Kvan was actually back in 2016, or even perhaps earlier. I had some ideas maybe earlier, but I remember writing Janet Lushi back in 2016, I think, yeah. Okay. And so Kvan wasn't your first band. Uh, you're also in the bands Autumn Death and previously The Duskfall. Were either of those your first band? Uh, well, Autumn Death was more like a... How should I put it? Yeah, it was probably more or less my second serious band. It was just me and my friends, you know, be, <laughs> writing, uh, trying to play over our capacity. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're try, trying to be as cool as you possibly can with blast beats and, and uh, you know, tread the guitar. Well, it's, some of the stuff was actually pretty good. We had a lot of cool ideas, but... We had, you know, the chemistry was, was just terrible. So it didn't really work out that well. But we have a few songs online that are actually worth checking out. And as for Duskfall, that was probably the band that I got into through um, my friend. Or actually, I got the drummer into the band first. And then the drummer got me into the band. But uh, yeah, I stayed there and I played guitar and we, we had the good times. Played shows and it was great. And so the Duskfall is no longer together, but Autumn Death is still being listed as active. So I'm guessing that you don't have any music on the horizon for Autumn Death. Oh, so they're no longer together? On the metal archives, at least, that Autumn Death is still uh, active, and then the Duskfall... Is, oh, the Duskfall does say active. Never mind. I'm a little oh, bit yeah. crazy. All right. Uh, yeah. I remember, yes, when I was in the Duskfall, we were supposed to do... We, we recorded an album, but it hasn't been released yet. But I, I don't know if the guys ever ever um, mixed or mastered it. I don't know. But that, that album is, is, is really good, so I hope they release it soon. But yeah, without Autumn Death, no, it's, we have an album ready, but I don't have the time. Or I, I, I don't have the, you know, I, I formed that band when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost 12 years ago. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I am not the same guy when I, you know, was basically as a kid with totally other ambitions. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm not gonna say yay or nay, but who knows? But right now, my my main focus with is on Kvan. Uh So it's on hold, I would say. When you started Kvan, did you want? Uh, you said you wanted to take everything in your own direction, and so my question here is: How did you choose to take your specific approach to black metal? Well, first of all, I chose not to call it black metal because there's so much more going on than just the black metal. But the core of the music is, of course, would be defined as black metal. But I, I, I chose not to limit myself with Kvan, and that's why I wanted to take it sort of. How should I say it? To a more undefined genre, almost, <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's like you have the you have the like the, the of course you have like the pagan Bathory stuff, and you have the uh, you know 80s 
you know speed metal thing going on and you have some death metal and black metal and uh, all this other stuff going on uh so for, for me i just wanted to create extreme music that pleased my ears and whatever genre people want to call it yeah that's fine but yeah so that's how i would put it basically Sorry, did you ever have to struggle with um, what style of music you did want to make, or was there something that you knew you wanted to do from the get-go? Yeah, yeah, sort of. I think in the beginning I was a little bit like lost because I had so many ideas of what I wanted to do, and I couldn't really figure out how to make everything work as like a, in a context as an album. <laughs> but um, actually, it was a kind of a coincidence. Because when I was struggling, my studio computer crashed, which left me, you know, I had no other option than to just, you know, buy another computer and wait for it to arrive and set up everything and record <laughs> all these ideas that I had uh, again. And that made me, you know, see things from another perspective because you had to start from the beginning again with, with some songs. And that made me realize, hey, oh, shit, I should change this, I should change this and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I started to see a pattern that really made sense so that's also what i you know that's what i started to see where i wanted to go and uh, yeah so i think like just erasing everything and just starting from scratch was a lifesaver <laughs> in terms of frustration and time almost like a blessing in disguise yeah sort of and i read in a previous interview that the initial name of the band was going to be bestial winter so why the change um, uh, I'm not sure if that's correct. I mean, the first the first band I ever started was Bestial Winter, and uh, the song okay. is taken from that uh, from that band name because I, I just wanted to have a reference to where when I started, you know, jamming out with my friends and trying to create music, and we call ourselves Bestial Winter. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, that's 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 why I I chose that that name for the song. Okay, fair but, enough. The uh, no Kvan was never intended in intended to be called the Beastial Winter. What made you decide to go the solo route instead of incorporating other members in the recording phase? Uh, well, I have always wanted to have this project uh, like uh, my own thing going because I am a very driven person and I I really like to work alone a lot of times. Because, well, you know, I like to get shit done, basically. And I <laughs> like to get it done quick, as fast as I can. And, uh, you know, most, most of my friends these days, they have families, you know, kids, blah, 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 yada, yada. And uh, I just figured that, you know what, I'm just going to try to do this on my own. And uh, so I hired people instead and paid them. So it, it, that way it just saved me a lot of trouble. And I gave them a timeline. If you can't make it, just let me know. No worries. I'll find someone else to do it. And um, yeah, it has just been working, you know, for me that, mm -hmm. that way. I, I really like this, this this way of working. So yeah, that's why. Well, and then you have all of the creative freedom as well, and you get to put out the music that you're looking for. You don't have to bounce ideas off of other people, and you don't have to really take direction from them either. Yeah, right. But but now with the, with the guys in the band... Um, that I have as live musicians, I always like send them the demos and I let them come, you know, hit me back with feedback. Like, should I, do you think this is good? What, what, do, you what do you think I should change and stuff like that? But in the, but in the past, like, um, I, yeah, I, I never really cared about the feedback. I just wanted to release my own first album. It was just, I don't know. Just, just kind of, I don't know, let, letting that, that whole thing of like you're you you're doing everything by yourself kind of vibe, not caring what anyone else thinks, just to let that just to let that thought just get out of your body and get out of your system, get that whole feeling is out there. And with the first album, I did. I didn't care about what anyone thought, what anyone you know were thinking. If they thought it sucked, I, I didn't care. I just I just wanted to get it out there, and I did. And it and it hit the underground scene with. Yeah, I'd say it got very well received. So, but yeah, now, it seems like it seems like you're a no bullshit kind of guy. Like you said, you like get things done. You wanted to get this out, and you don't even care 
what the reception was, but it worked out in your favor because the reception was overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, and but of course, you know, there are these tough guys on the internet forums that says, you know, the opposite, the things that I'm a poser and blah, 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 and, you know, trying to be edgy and cool, but, eh, I mean, there's, there, 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 yeah, there are, there are all different kinds, sorts of people anyway, so I don't know, and I don't really care. I mean, if you want to be edgy on the internet, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't care less anymore anyway, so. And you've also been signed with Black Lion Records since your first release. And you talked about previously knowing Oliver for quite some time. So how did you first meet him? And was Black Lion your first thought when it came to signing with the label? Well, I've, I have been like, you know, familiar with Oliver since like 2000, I don't know, 10. Mm-hmm. But back then, uh, I didn't have, I, I wasn't in touch with him at all. Almost. We were just, I saw him at some shows and stuff but nothing nothing else besides that and then i um i got in touch with him maybe around 2000 i don't know 17 16 17 because the duskfall was supposed to do a license deal for an album that i hooked us up with and uh, yeah and that didn't happen so i said yeah I'm gonna start my own thing. I'm thinking about leaving this band and doing my own thing. And uh, he said, "Yeah, well, if you have any demos or stuff, just hit me up, and I'll I'll check it out." So, like a year went by, and I sent him a message like, "Here, here, here's a couple of demos. Let me know what you think." And he said, uh, "Yeah, it sounds it sounds really good." Um, he said what he could offer. And I said, yeah, the offer sounds great. He could, you know, he wanted to release a vinyl, CD, he said. He really believed in it. But I had two other, like, at least one that I know wanted to sign the band almost right away. But he couldn't offer me anything. He, he, he just, you know, it was a lot of talking and no, no, no real offers. So... I, I went with Oliver because he could at least say that yeah, this is what I can offer. And uh, yeah, I think there was another, I can't remember what the third label said, but it was probably something like, yeah, we really like what you, what you have, blah, blah, a lot of talking and no offers. <laughs> so I went with Oliver and um, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. You were obviously pleased with the offer, like you said, from Black Lion. So when you originally got involved with um, Black Lion and Oliver, was this an album-by-album album basis, or was it a certain number of releases that you had to complete for your contract? Uh, yeah, it's an album. We, we, have a, we have a very good relationship. We really release album-by-album album because it's just, just easier that way. But the third album, uh, this is actually kind of like exclusive. The third album will not be released by Oliver, actually, at Black Lion. Um, I am discussing with a bunch of other labels right now. That you know, and this is uh, uh, something that both me and Oliver uh, we spoke. Uh, actually, like I think it was before Christmas, um, as of twenty twenty two, and I said, "Hey, uh, um, I got these offers and." Uh, I'm, I'm, I need I need to put this in consideration, you know. And he said, oh, man, yeah. He said, yeah, well, I've, I've been waiting for this, you know. He said, yes, do it. Go ahead, do your thing. I mean, I'm, who am I to judge? I mean, yeah, he, he saw it coming. So, uh, yeah, it feels great, like no hard feelings or anything. So it's, it's really, it feels really good. And he's still doing a kick-ass job with his label. And uh, I think things are going to go really well for him anyway. It's a really good thing to hear that he had such a positive outlook in that, like he's realistic, he's supportive regardless of your decision whether or not to leave, and it seems like he's running things the right way in that regard. Yeah, I mean, well, at the same, t- yeah, of course. Uh, at the same time, uh, he knew that every that this was going to happen. He 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 said that you know I've I've been feeling it for for quite some time now, and you know he was just waiting for the call. But yeah, I'm of course I'm happy that he. Um, he took it well, but I was also very straight to the point with it. I, I wasn't like t- trying to dodge anything. I said, "Hey, I got these offers, 
and I'm gonna choose one of them. And I think honesty is the 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 best way to just you know you gotta rip off the patch and just you know speak the truth like no 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 dodging no hiding behind any hidden messages just say as it is and it will be you know it's the best way of doing it i think i agree the best way is to be direct to be honest and kind of avoid that flowery language yeah yeah for sure back to your first album again we've talked about this a few times but with the positive reception and you sold a lot more copies than expected in moving forward with your music and integrate below did you ever feel pressured to come up with something that would create same reaction well i've always been a fan of not repeating yourself so when i uh after the funeral pie got released and and it i you know started getting the numbers i was not stressed at all actually i i was just happy like wow wow that's cool didn't expect that um and i think it the initial plan was never to release a second album the plan was or the plan was to release this album quit the band do something else maybe i don't know do a pink floyd style album or ambient project or whatever because i have so much going on in my head music wise that <laughs> or maybe started i don't know form a skid row kind of band with uh, some great vocalist i have no idea but the initial plan was never to release a second album um, but then i gave it a second thought and i said okay what the hell i'll, I'll give it a go see if i come up with anything and, and before i knew it i i had a second album written and i told myself that i'm not going to try to be you know i, I want to evolve and not be stuck with the same sound so i did something a bit different but not too different, but a bit more polished, a bit more beefier production. You know, it has a bit more, has a bit more of this uh, kind of modern touch to it. I guess would be a great way of putting it. And so, did you mix and master both albums then? Uh, no, I, I recorded, okay. I recorded both of the albums, uh, but no, I, I didn't mix or master them. Uh, that was done at uh, Wolf Throne Studios by my friend Uwe Imbor in Finland. Uh, okay i did a great job have you ever considered pursuing one of these other side projects while you're still in kaban or still still producing music for, for kaban oh yeah i i have actually a few of them um but as i said my my main focus is on can right now but i i am actually um I'm, I'm you know whenever there's time i i tend to write some all sort of outlaw country stuff <laughs> with my friends because I'm a, I'm a big uh, country western fan you know uh, the, uh, the whole outlaw country thing is really something that I, I grew up with and always been a big fan of uh, I did not expect that uh, who are some of your favorite <laughs> bands in that genre oh shit you know all, all the good ones but you know I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a big fan of for example Willie Nelson and and you know the cash mm -hmm. um, basically the, the guys from the highway men all the little you know. I even I even dig some. Of, I think Chris Christopherson is really underrated. Um, has some really good songs, and he wrote a lot of killer albums for for for, for a lot of artists. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's what I would consider like like real country. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Merle Haggard. I mean, and they have some of the best guitar players also. Um, in my opinion. I'm not too familiar with uh, a lot of country artists, but do you feel the same about country as you kind of do with metal in the fact that the newer stuff just doesn't hit you as hard? Well, country music, it doesn't make it country just because you sing with a southern accent and play pop music. It's, it, it, it's not country. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't really, you know, I, I really don't understand this whole modern modern country scene. It's, it's not really country in my opinion. I mean, I, I even dig some Alan Jackson. I mean, like his, his debut album is crazy. Really, really cool you know, songs. Easy going songs with killer solos for Brent Mason. And there's just so much, much great music out there in the country scene, like from those from those early earlier days. Like, but he's 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 90s, but still, um, it's com compared to like you know Cash and and Nelson and those guys. But but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I still feel that I, I don't really 
feel like this whole modern country scene is doing me anything, really. A weird clip online the other day of like this country rap song, and it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible, at least in my opinion. I just couldn't understand how far country has fallen. And even someone who's not being a fan, I'm just like, this This isn't country. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I I really don't get that. I, 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 I haven't heard it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think I want to hear it anymore. <laughs> or I don't think I want to hear it anyway. If I find it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Moving back into your music with uh, The Great Below, I read that there was an issue with your album when it was released. People started receiving copies nearly two months early, so obviously that's a concern on a lot of levels. How did you rectify it, and how did that happen? Uh, I think there was a problem with... Uh, honestly, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was the distro messed it up somehow i don't know how but it was just one chain um one 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 chain of distribution that started sending out copies way too early uh unfortunately it wasn't that many that got out but yeah, i was pretty pissed off about that it's like oh shit and um yeah what happened was that they they stopped it and this i, I don't even think i i got an apology for it <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think Oliver. I'm not. I'm not sure if Oliver even received one. I'm. I'm not sure, but I never got one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that's. Uh, I. I really, like. I don't think about that stuff anymore. It's just ah. Well, shit happens. But, as I said, it was just one chain in the whole distribution, so it wasn't really that bad. Few albums. Few albums that leaked. <laughs> A few, a few album copies that leaked. Do you happen to know if they were all in the same like geographical area, or was it kind of spread out everywhere? It was. In, uh, it was only people in Sweden who got it. So, um, yeah, there, there was only like I don't know, maybe twenty, twenty-five people who who got a copy way too early. So, yeah, and those were people that I that I'm, you know, kind of, I kind of know these these people who got the album so uh, they were like yeah i'm not gonna you know i'm not even gonna open it i'm gonna open it on the release day <laughs> so if they did i'm not sure but i was like okay cool but yeah just don't put the album out yet please <laughs> on the internet <laughs> well i mean you could look at it like maybe it's a little bit of a reward for those people that live in your home country yeah 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 well back then i wasn't really seeing it that way but um uh, <laughs> But now I, I guess I can see it with other eyes. And at least it was just a mistake. It wasn't some asshole online deliberately leaking your stuff. No, no, no one leaked it, uh, which was very, very nice of you know anyone who got the album because a lot of people they just get their hands on the album, rip it to a computer, and upload it uh, without permission. And well, there's nothing I can do about it. But I really appreciate when people don't do that. At least, you know, when it comes to my own music. Yeah, exactly. The first time I encountered your music was uh, The Great Below. I looked at album covers like, this looks really cool. So I ended up listening and I loved it. Reading more into it, I read that the whole album is kind of written around the central topic of suicide. And during this time, you were kind of experiencing those thoughts. And you were obviously in a bad place in your life. So what brought you back? Uh, what brought me back? Um... I guess that I am stubborn as hell. <laughs> so I decided not to give up yet. <laughs> and uh yeah. I guess the the great below was like was an outlet of emotions. Yeah. That I had had for many years, I guess. Everything came like an outburst, you know, just when I had finished the album. And it, I guess it was some sort of therapy in some weird, weird way. Um, psychotherapy. <laughs> when you were experiencing those uh, suicidal thoughts, like, were you able to turn to anyone or have those talks with people? Uh, yeah. yeah. It was. Um, 
but it was it's easier for me to speak through music than through through my tongue and my my voice so words and music speaks louder than than how i you know when i speak with my beloved ones i guess i don't know at least for me i am it's much easier for me to express myself through my music and my art um because that that way i know that i am able to express myself exactly the way that i feel um because it's easier to hide behind of your it's easier to hide behind a voice and a fake smile but when when i sit with my guitar and i start writing and i pick up the microphone and i start screaming that's when i uh, that's when i get real or i feel like that at least it's interesting because you you mentioned like in person you kind of hide behind that fake smile and you kind of close close down a little bit but through music it's it's a loud amplified chaotic voice and you're just balls to the wall with whatever you're thinking at that time so and you're giving that out to so many more people than just the people close to you so it's interesting that um it makes you feel that way but it is a lot harder to talk to people that are close to you especially if you think they have expectations of you or maybe you don't want to burden them with your troubles yeah right well i've always been a guy that I've always sorted things out by myself, no matter what. School, you know, same there. I I had to figure out a lot of stuff by myself and find my own ways of getting by. Um, same in life, man. I, I've always figured shit out by myself. And it doesn't work for everyone, but it, it's, worked, it's worked for me so far. Um, but that's just... Because I am sort of a loner, I'm sort of a lone wolf character, I guess. Live in a, t- I mean, if you think about it, I live in a desolated landscape in the north of Sweden, where we had like minus twenty five uh, Celsius last morning. <laughs> uh, it makes probably no sense to most people, but to me, it makes perfect sense. I I love it here, and it's my home. If you knew somebody that was going through that same kind of struggle within themselves. What advice would you give them in order to keep pushing forward? Oh, get help. That's get help because there's not a lot of people who can be, you know, who can just figure it out by themselves. Not a lot of people can, and a lot of people end up taking their lives. And for it's, I don't, it's not worth it. Um, get get help, and you know. Here in Sweden, we it's you know it's doesn't cost anything. Everything is covered by our taxes. So I mean, and I I, I don't I there's no shame. <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't see why why it's so taboo still. Um, but I guess it's it's getting better. But yeah, I'm hoping it's uh, I'm hoping it's just getting that it will get better and better. That people will start to realize that there's no shame in, in that no and there shouldn't be and i think that's one of the reasons that people choose not to speak about it is because they're shameful they, because they feel like they're they're in the wrong for some reason but i think just leaving yeah. leaving yourself to your own devices when you're in that mindset is the worst possible thing you could do because when you're thinking that way you're not thinking like you yeah and uh, i think when you when you get the support or just some people just need a little bit more support to to go and get that help. Maybe from you know, and for those who don't have that many friends, I mean that's even worse. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, I would I would just suggest to to just get help as as fast as possible and in the most you know painless way as possible, because getting help is not easy. And with help, you can realize what you have that's worth holding on to. Right. Moving into something a little bit more positive here, um, you've also had a guest appearance from a number of talented musicians. You've done the same with The Great Below as you had kind of with The Funeral Pyre there. How did you seek your guests out? And were there any partnerships that didn't pan out? Um, well, The Funeral Pyre, I had my good friend Pierre sang on two songs and wrote lyrics and contributed with that. But that was just because I wanted him to do that because he has a very good he has a very good uh, sense for you know 
vocal melodies and stuff. So I, I learned a lot just by having him on and trying to understand his way of thinking because we have two different, completely different ways of thinking. Um, and uh, for the, and also I had Sebastian, my very good friend from Necrophobic, who played on, performed on both albums. And I asked him to play on the title track, The Funeral Pyre. And when I, I, I knew that he was a really good guitar player for, for you know, and he's, he's really, he has this 80s uh, metal thing that is really his strong side. So I just asked him, hey, do and do, do, can you do guitar solo in my song? He's like, yeah, I'll check it out. And uh, he was like, yeah, this sounds really good. I'll, I'll give it a go. And it turned out fantastic. And we've been talking almost every day ever since. Then I wanted to play, or he wanted, uh, I asked him to play in my, on my second album, The Great Low, and he said, of course, I'll do it. And he did a really, really great job. And uh, Yeah, but on The Great Low, I had also some some more, some some really big names like Jeff Loomis, for example, and Mike Weed from King Diamond, Merciful Fate. Uh, let's see, I had Matthias from Fintroll. And, oh, I had so many. But most of those guys I, I know from somewhere, somehow. Um, so they're music colleagues, basically, all of them. You've also spoke previously about Jeff Loomis being kind of like potentially one of your guitar heroes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, when I when I um, I, I I'm a big Nevermore fan, and uh, it feels weird to say because I play in the same band as as the drummer uh, Van Williams. Um, but, but yeah, I'm a big Nevermore fan, and uh, Jeff has always been like a major influence on my guitar playing. He's amazing. And, uh, I, I learned a lot by listening to his stuff and learning some of his shops, and you know, and he's an he's an amazing guy as well. Really, really amazing person. Very, I get inspired when when we chat and talk, and like how how cool he plays in like the biggest one of the biggest melodic death metal bands of all time and can still be the coolest guy. I mean, that's that's so cool. And I think like, yeah, well, I also want to be like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, really great guy. Love him. Despite being kind of like musical colleagues or friends, it ought to feel pretty cool to have such big names join you for like your first and your second albums. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the weird part is that I, I don't really see it that way. I or back then, like last year, I did. But now, when I think about it, it's like, of course, I gotta have them on my album. They're they're they they make the songs perfect. They're like their talent combined with the songs makes the songs shine. So that's that's like uh, everything is so clear to me now. It's like, yeah, this is this is awesome. Like, wow. Like they really made the songs perfect, and of course they should. They, they must have been. Those are the guys that should have been on the album, also. <laughs> um, but of course, I asked some other guys to do some vocal stuff, for example. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, my vision wasn't as clear as I thought because I was having this guy who was going to do some 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 vocals, some growl vocals, and. Um, when I received the files and I was just putting in in the mix and I was just listening to it, it 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 was nothing like what I had expected. And he was so excited about hearing everything and I said, "Sorry, I I, I can't make it. I can't make it work. It, it, my vision. I was I was wrong. This is not. This is not. The, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. So, I said, "Would you mind trying singing a different way?" Or would you mind trying to do this or that? And we tried, and I said, "I'm oh, sorry, this this is not really how I want it." And he got really almost offended, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. And uh, actually, I haven't spoke to him ever since. He, he got really mad at me. But at the same time, I would never release anything that I didn't feel comfortable with, and. To you know, to to be honest and straight, this is this is still my my band. This is my vision. This is my you know, this is my project. This is my life's work. I'm not gonna put out anything that I don't feel comfortable or proud enough to have. I'm not gonna 
be like you know that you know when you put on the album you go like oh here comes that part that i that i that i am not so proud of or like it could be anything it could be be me not having time enough to record a guitar solo properly or this or that or it could be some mixing stuff i mean i i really wouldn't release anything if i wasn't 100 percent satisfied and uh, that's why i worked my ass off for this latest output it's unfortunate that he took so much offense to that and that you guys haven't spoken since but i think it's even more important that you release things you are comfortable with and that you that you support it's yeah well that's life Life goes on and then with one of your live session members uh frederick anderson uh, previously of amon amarth he's been playing with you for a little while there live and um how did you get him on board i sent him a message on facebook (laughs) that was it yeah that was it hey do you want to play live with me sure Uh, it was. It wasn't harder than that. I, I, I said, uh, "Yeah, I, I told him, like, hey man, um, because we we have been, you know, in mutual. We have so many mutual friends, and uh, so I, I figured that, you know, if he says no, he says no. I'm, I'm I'm gonna ask anyway. And I asked him, and he said, "Oh shit, yeah, of course, that would be super fun. Thanks for asking. Um, of course, I want to play. Um, so." Yeah, so we we that, that's it basically. There was nothing more than that. <laughs> you know, like ten, fifteen years ago, I I couldn't have imagined something being that easy or that accessible. But with obviously the onset of the internet, with um, you obviously establish establishing yourselves within the metal community and stuff like that, it seems like this is more and more common. And I've had the same kind of reaction from some of my guests. Like they yes, really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It, I find it like this is one of the good 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 parts about the internet. I'm not really a big fan of the internet and the way social medias are because there's just so much bad bad stuff about it. You know, a lot of fake reality <laughs> bullshit. People live in alternate realities really and try to portray a perfect life and you know all this stuff that really isn't true and and a lot of this cyberbullying shit that's going on and uh, it's the internet is a creepy place, man. But this is one of the few things I like about it. And uh, of course, you know, being able to do stuff like this and being on like guitar forums and share guitar-related stuff and stuff like that. That's that's what I like. Um, this this whole social media thing is not really as excited as it. I, I thought. Do you remember MSN and that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, icq and uh i think we had there was something more uh yeah well anyway those old old you know social medias that that was really exciting like myspace when that shit came yeah <laughs> yeah you could add pictures that and was... sounds to your page uh, sorry what was that i just said back in those days it was kind of surprising you could put like pictures and sounds and kind of make your own web page essentially yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really cool and um but now it's like I, I'm really tired of it, and people are also getting very tired of social media. It's very noticeable, and I I understand why. It's really exhausting. Well, it is, and a lot of people spend a lot of time on that stuff, and it's it's good if you use it as a tool. But if you're using it as like an alternate reality or a way to engage with like echo chambers and stuff like that, it just it starts to become more of a hindrance than anything, and often leads to mental health issues and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually. Um deactivate my facebook account a couple of times a year actually <laughs> because i get so tired of it i i really there, there's too much information for me to handle uh, at certain points so i just say ah enough's enough for a while then i might go a month and i don't use it i just use messenger then i might check in again see what's up nothing new has changed yeah exactly <laughs> so, I did the same oh. thing with my personal social media account simply because I just noticed that it was it was all bullshit. So the only reason I have social media is for the podcast. And it's the odd time I'll check right. Facebook like just to check on my family and see how they are. But I'd rather just talk to them instead of see the posts about what their life is. Because yeah. if, if yeah. I talk to them in real life, it's like I, I already know everything. So we're to talk about it. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. 
I know you've already mentioned a lot of your favorite bands and some of your biggest influences, but who are currently some of your bands that are on heavy rotation? Um, actually, one of the bands that have been on heavy rotation lately is Iced Earth. Um, and uh, they're, they have always been like they've always been a part of, of like my heavy metal journey really since I was a little kid. Um, and, uh, despite all the, well, you, you probably know what happened <laughs> with that band. Yeah. With Don Schaefer uh, there. Yeah. And all that. Ah, it's, 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 that's, that's just, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what I'm thinking. It's, yeah. it's total bullshit, but I, I, I really love the band and, uh, uh, all that political nonsense is bullshit. Um, that does not appeal to me at all. But but the the, the stuff they have released is just fantastic. And um, so I've been listening a lot to Ice Earth lately, and just like shit, this is this is so good. Uh, and just going back to that heavy metal era of my life, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what would you say that your favorite Ice Earth album is? Oh, that's easily something wicked this week comes. Okay. No, that's 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 their best. It's it's one of my f- favorite albums of all time, actually. I think that was the first album that they featured their mascot on. I could be wrong, but now off the top of my head, I don't remember his name. Um, actually, I'm kind of glad that you brought up Ice Earth because there's there's a conversation almost daily that I see online, even on like Battle Twitter and stuff like that, where people just kind of give the band a shaft because one of their members did something stupid or made a really bad decision. Um, you're obviously still listening to Ice Earth despite John Schaefer's bullshit. So how do you kind of feel about that? I don't mix... You know, I, if if I was to care about what any of the like black metal bands, you know, their opinions and shit, if I was to like, yeah, I can't listen to this band because they have this opinion, then I, then I wouldn't be able to listen to any of the bands, right? If I was to care about what what they thought about this, what they have done, I mean, I wouldn't be able to listen to dissection if I, if I like, you know, just cared about what 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 does happen in the band, right? I mean, the, the same thing with Ice Earth, but but I can't really, you know, I I'm here for the music and not for the people behind the music. I I I really don't care. And I mean, I I love Bursum, for example. I think I think those first albums are amazing, but I'm not really you know all the other shit. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have to be kind of separated you, in a way. You have to separate it. It's I don't understand why why people want to mix all that bullshit uh, going on behind the scenes. You know, music speaks louder than anything else. I have no idea what happened with dissection there. So what was what was the controversy on that side of things? Yeah, there was some. There was a a murder involved, like two thousand, no, the nineties. Okay. Um, so they got convicted and yada 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 yada. And yeah, it's a it's a long story, but uh, yeah. Was it the whole band or just a couple of members? Uh, just just a couple of members. Jesus. Well, that definitely hasn't been the first time in black metal. <laughs> no, it's not the first time. But, but at the same time, I, I, I don't care. I mean, I'm here for the music, nothing else. It seems like a stance that not many people are willing to publicly say, and I, I, I'm not sure why. Because it seems to be, it seems to be the common way of looking at things. But it just seems like something or something people tread lightly on, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like. I don't know. Yeah, probably is. Uh, I have no idea if that's the case, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just say the way I think it is, and the way I see it is that I'm, you know, I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> it's, yeah. If people see me as, you know, a retard or why don't you blah 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 blah. He has done this blah blah blah. I don't care. I mean. I really don't care. It's just that easy. Music speaks louder than anything else. Really, it does. So, Definitely agree with you there. People want to have opinions about that. Go ahead. It's a free world. It's free. We live in most of the... It's a free country. <laughs> you want to have opinions about it? Go ahead. 
I don't care. And in a way, if you are kind of removing yourself from listening to the music that you enjoy just because one or two of the members did something dumb, you're kind of punishing the rest of the band. And I don't think that's fair either because they've poured their heart and soul into the music just as much as the, the people who do stupid things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't really see um, the, the deal there either. I mean, but I, I'm not sure even if, you know, I... I I know that in some cases, like all members have been punished because of some members' stupid sayings or doings. But I'm not sure if that's like I don't I haven't heard that much from from like newer bands. But that that's the case. I usually see like there's only like the main guy getting punished. But of course, it it, it affects everyone. I don't know if you have any examples. Um, there's. There were a couple that I saw, like on social media, of course. Uh, you know, last year, Mental Cruelty, Cruelty went to went through some bullshit with their vocalist because he was accused of some pretty bad things. Who? Uh, Mental Cruelty. They're a Black and Deathcore band, I believe, out of Germany. And okay, they were. I think they're incredible. I love their last album, and it sucked that their vocalist was no longer part of the band. But they made the decision: look, this is what's coming for us. We're gonna get rid of the problem, I guess, and. Now they're coming back with a new vocalist, which is great, but I never stopped listening just because one guy was a jackass. I just figured these guys all put in the same amount for their product, and I really, really enjoyed it, so I'm not going to stop listening to it. They did everything right, but people were still shitting on them for it. They're like, oh, you had to have known. You had to have been part of it. It's like, fuck off. You don't know the story. You don't know what what the band members did or didn't know, so I, I speculate until you have all the information. Okay, well... First of all, I don't know about that band and the way you describe the band. I probably wouldn't have heard about them. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that guy probably, you know, that's it's a shame that, that that had to happen. I I have no idea what even happened. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, of course. I mean, if there's if there's if there's such serious accusations, then yes, of course. If you want to proceed, you know, and continue with your music which is the most important thing then you have to get rid of the problem so and i think on the other side of things too with the people who actually do the dumb shit there has to be a way for them to do better and redeem themselves there can't just be well, cancel this person because they made a mistake like canada our whole thing is about rehabilitating say um vendors drug addicts stuff like that so if you're if you're so inclined to believe that people can change and do better for themselves why are you shitting on people who have made mistakes and not even necessarily bad ones and in the case of mental cruelty, it was serious, but at the same time, that person should have some form or some way to do better for his life and to make himself a better person. We can't just cancel everyone because they made a mistake. Yeah, well, as I said, I have no idea what this guy did, but if it's on that serious level, then, you know, <laughs> you'd probably get help. It's it's never okay to do, to do so, such serious, because I assume it's very serious. Yeah, and if it is a crime, it's something that the courts and the legal system should figure out. It's not for us to judge before any of the information comes out. Like, I still don't know the outcome, and I don't know what's truth. So that's another reason why I'm skeptical about um, making yeah, a decision. If it's, like, if it's stuff that courts should take care of, then, you know, we have a legal system for a reason. My last question for you today, Jacob, is um, if people are looking for your music, where is the best place for them to find it for you? Just Google Kvan, and you'll have everything you need within a few seconds. I think, yeah, I think that's the best way. No, but, I mean, everyone has Spotify today, or most of us does. iTunes, YouTube is available for everyone in almost every country, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, on all, all digital platforms available worldwide, we are there. So I guess that's that's where you'll find us. Jacob, thank you again for joining me, and especially after having to deal with that uh, the bullshit logging into the session here. So I really appreciate your patience, and I'm happy that I got to chat with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Th thanks for having the patience to deal with my uh, digital incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll blame it on the hardware, not the user. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I look forward to hearing some new, uh, new music. Uh, yeah, man. It's a, I'm starting to shape up the new album. I'm going to go to Stockholm in two weeks, and we're going to rehearse for the new new Can album that we'll 
be released next year sometime. Hopefully, hopefully by now next year, maybe. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.